0: Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology.
1: Thank you for joining us for a special four-part series entitled All About Private Placements. Joining us for a conversation is Takoa Silva. He is an accomplished licensed financial advisor for Sprott USA. The preeminent name in the natural resource base. Full disclosure, the following is not a Sprout USA endorsed product, and it is for educational purposes only. Nicole, we concluded uh, the edition on number two with the question regarding legend removals. Now, what if I have an online discount broker? Can I go to them and have my legend removed?
0: Sure. Well, looking at it from a North American context, a person may have a brokerage account with Charles Schwab, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Uh, The best place to get the answer to that question is by calling them and asking the advisor that the person has that they work with. And the answer that they get will probably be, uh, you may have to go to two, three, or four people at that firm to get a precise answer, and it may be an imprecise answer at that. My impression is that many of the broker-dealers, certainly in the U.S., I think, are continuing to cut out... The uh, services that they m- maybe that they used to offer uh, because they're no longer considered core uh, products and services and the cost of offering those services is going through the roof in terms of compliance and legal so why deal with it uh, it, it from their standpoint I think it makes much better sense to just simply let those uh, services and, and you know those people go but um, a person can always ask uh, and they can always try. Uh, my observation and my discussions with a few people that have tried some of those discount online brokerage firms in the past was that it was a real, real runaround, uh, sort of like
1: spending a week at the DMV. So uh, <laughs> I, I've been there, go ahead, I'm, I'm going to let you finish and I'll interject here, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so if someone has some time to kill
0: and they want to tr- you know, pursue that process, by all means. Uh, but, you know, my, my, my advice is, 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 would be to vet out a couple firms that uh, claim to be specialist, you know, uh, natural resource and private placement, uh, you know, capable firms and test them out and, and, and to see how they go, but uh, be careful with, with trying to do private placement activities with discount brokers.
1: In my personal experience, uh, the, the, the large online discount brokers, Um, the challenge that I encountered was that number one they didn't like the fact that you or I received the uh, participated in a private placement and it wasn't through them that's slap on hand number one Uh, number two is you're dealing with a company predominantly uh, uh, based in the Toronto Stock Exchange and they only deal with OTCs which is not they like to say it's the same but it's not the same and so one of the challenges I've experienced is that I have a, a, a a company that's listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange and hypothetically the scenario works like this. Okay now if you went to the discount broker and you gave them stock certificate they uh, can't convert it from the TSX version to the OTC and part of that restriction also comes from computer share so what I've encountered as well with computer share is well you're a US resident we're concerned that you're going to take this if we put it from certificate into direct registration Our concern, Computer Share Canada, is that, uh, because there's two computer shares, if we're not aware, just so people Mm -hmm. are aware, there's Computer Share Canada and Computer Share. And so Computer Share Canada is who I'm predominantly dealing with because the company's listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Their rebuttal was, uh, Maurice, we're concerned that you're going to take this share now and convert it into an OTC, and it's no longer in the Canadian uh, uh, securities markets, it's now in the U.S., and uh, I was—I even went to as far as saying, "Hey, I'll sign an affidavit, David. I—I I don't want it there," <laughs> because the—the the difference as well, and I'm sure you can attest to this. The bid and the ask on an OTC, the spread, really makes it cumbersome. And then, as as, as Rick and Doug Casey have shared in the past, uh, when it's time to sell, you know, is there anyone? Who was it? Who is it to, to who to who? What is the owl? A scenario they've used. I'm sure you've heard it before, but to sell it to who, to who, to who, because there's no one there because the market is so so small here because these are micro cap companies really that we're t- discussing. And then the caveat to it is they're not even US-based. So to answer that question from a personal experience, yes, it, the names you've referenced, uh, I got the runaround. y'all we can certainly do it, but unfortunately they weren't able to. So let's uh, switch the conversation now and finish the discussion on warrants. I've gotten the legend removed, and I now have the ability to sell my shares, but also the price has increased. Let's use this scenario we discussed earlier with Renovo Resources. I bought it at $0.66. The warrant, uh, I can exercise it for one year at $0.90, and the stock price is now at $7. How do I exercise this warrant?
0: Okay. um, Exercising a warrant obtained by private placement. So, uh... Your broker that you use, uh, who hopefully shows themselves to be very competent and really knows their stuff, will have a specific procedure laid out to you uh, where they can say, um, this is the form that you need to fill out. Well, uh, I'll come back to that in just a second. They'll say, this is the form that you need to fill out. Here's how you deliver us the funds and here's what our process is going to be once we get those two uh, items from you. Um, And I'll I'll describe my observation of how that process works. But first I'll say if we go back to here's the form that you need to fill out to exercise your warrant, I would say when a person wants to participate in a private placement, they get an agreement called a subscription agreement from the issuer. It's a 30- or 40-page document. If you look at the end of that document, there's usually a page right in there, uh, an appendix page usually, and it says um, exercise form or warrant uh, exercise form. They'll include it right in there sometimes. And you look at it, and you basically what, what you do is you write the certificate number of your warrant uh, certificate in there, you sign it, and you deliver that with the funds to the issuer. Uh, so you could do that personally, uh, uh, Maurice, uh, or myself, or anybody. You can get your uh, funds. You can send it, I guess, to the issuer by bank wire and then send them that legend, uh, pardon me, that warrant exercise form. You could even send them your warrant. But to be frank, I think they have the, um, I believe they have the ability to exercise uh, your warrant without them actually having possession of the original warrant certificate because they'll just cancel out the uh, number once they exercise it. And so um, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is uh, if the broker uh, the way I laid out a second ago, if the broker says, here's how you exercise it, you give us these forms, here's how you give us the cash, and then we'll take care of it for you, they would essentially be doing the same thing using their clearing front bank. If their clearing front bank has your warrant certificate deposited in a vault, that just means that they'll have somebody go in there, pull out the certificate, put it with some funds, and then send it to the um, issuer that way. And then the issue where they get started uh, with their legal process working with the transfer agent and having the stock certificate. If, yes, if you're exercising the warrant to buy common shares, they'll get to work to create the stock certificate at the transfer uh, agent. And then once that stock uh, certificate is produced, you're back at uh, step number one with regard to depositing uh, traditionally or your regular deposit process with stock certificates ob- uh, obtained by private placement and your broker will have that instruction set out for you uh, so the transfer agent will exercise for you they'll either drop it inside a drs advice or a, the, the direct registration system account held at the transfer agent or they can have the paper shipped to you directly in the mail but either way you 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 want to get that back to the broker so that they can start the process of being able to prepare that, those common shares to be sold for you on the open market. Also remember too, that when you exercise that warrant and that share certificate is produced, there's probably going to be restrictive legends on the back.
1: Uh, That was my next question, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: So this is where
1: having a a competent
0: broker can come in handy, because the broker may say, okay, here's the um, warrant exercise form, but also, here is the legend removal form, too. Send to us the legend removal form with the warrant exercise form so that we can re- have the uh, restrictive legends removed at the same time. or we'll build it into our process to save you time. And really, when they say save you time, they really, I, I think in most cases, they re- they could really mean it because saving time means saving four to six weeks, Uh A question on time. Uh, It takes probably two to three weeks to have a warrant exercised, the process complete, and have a common stock issued. And then this whole deposit process, my experience has been that that probably takes between four to six weeks to get a physical certificate deposited into a brokerage account and then cleared through the legal review process. So, uh, yeah, two to three weeks for exercise, another four to six weeks for depositing. Uh, And depending on what the restrictive legends are, um, that could be it, or more time could be
1: added. And you just made me think of something. Time is of the essence. Uh, we've seen this, and I'm sure someone listening sees that there's a first tranche and a second tranche. And here's where time is of the essence because if that stock is moving, usually you have a four month duration where you have to hold that stock. So when you see a good value proposition, uh, Takoa, you can expand on this a little further, but what are the benefits of? know someone can say well i got into the second tranche what's the difference and would you allude on that please
0: well um now do you mean like if an issuer uh, publishes a a press release about a private placement and they say tranche number one will close on let's say august 1st and then tranche number two will close on august 20th
1: correct because that's a three-week window there that you're missing out on should the stock price accelerate and should you exercise the warrant uh, you could be losing losing out on an opportunity because you never know how the stock price is going to move, and that gives you a three week. Uh, should best way to put it, we're running a race. You're three weeks ahead of me on running this race, basically. Uh, although we have the same opportunity buying the stock at the same price, usually, and the warrant exercised under the same terms is just your three weeks in advance because there is this holding and conveyance uh, process that goes through of making removing those legends and then being able to have it into the street name registration. Uh, versus direct registration.
0: That's a a really good observation. Um, I think it it depends on the exact handling procedure that's going to be uh, taken by the issuer. If the issuer uh, is going to issue all of these private placement of the securities at the end of the completion of both tranches and they're all going to be issued at the same time, one probably doesn't need to be too concerned about that. But if but if if they ha- are having multiple issuances along the way, you're absolutely right. Uh, the date that's printed on the back of your certificate may be um, the the date that it's issued, as, as well as on the back of the certificate, the restrictive legend, the four month old restrictive legend. Uh, it may say that you may not be able to sell until November 20th uh, of let's say 2019. Your date may actually end up being a couple of weeks earlier than somebody else down the line, and, and uh, you're absolutely right that, 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 that there could be a few, a few weeks of a head start that that person may, may may have on the others. So it really depends on you know on you know where these uh, these date deadlines fall, and then also the handling procedure uh, that the, the the broker that you use is, uh the broker that you use, how much time they need. To remove the restricted legends um, so it depends on the specific circumstances of the deal
1: not to digress but when you're looking at capital structures for company you see uh, outstanding and fully diluted that's where this narrative changes can you kind of expand on that how that plays into it because the warrants have or have not been exercised along with options
0: yeah that's a really good question too um okay uh shares outstanding versus fully diluted uh, a, a company may have 100 million shares outstanding and if you want to do a calculation of the market capital company or the price for that business if you and I were to buy that business in full today if the shares are trading at $1 per share in the open market and there's 100 million shares we know that the uh, business is priced at 100 million now Uh, if we run off and start making subsequent calculations using that 100 million as our reference number for uh, the price of the business in terms of what we're paying for, for, for what we get without looking at something like outstanding options, outstanding warrants, uh, we or one could run the risk of overpaying without realizing it. Because what if behind that 100 million shares outstanding, there are an an additional 100 million or 200 million uh, options or warrants that are in the money or close to being in the money. I think one, depending on the strike price of the stock options and of the warrants, uh, needs One needs to make a determination as to what they feel the uh, is a fully diluted market cap that's appropriate, appropriate to that situation. They could do a, a straight technical viewpoint of it and say, well, there's 200 million warrants outstanding, 100 million common shares. So let's just use uh, – let's assume that all the warrants are exercised and we'll use a 300 million market cap. A $300 million price for a business obviously is dramatically different than a $100 million price. Uh, so uh, taking into account stock options, warrants, um, their, the exercise price for all the instruments which are usually published within the annual reports or the man- the and a uh, Management Discussion and Analysis Documents, uh, is key to um, coming up with uh, a responsible, uh, a price for what you're paying for a business.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes part three on all about private placements. If you wish to have a conversation with Mr. De Silva, email T D A Silva at dot com. If you want to find out which private placements have our attention at proven and probable, simply visit proven and com. Place your correspondence in the subscribe box and let us know that you are accredited. Subscription is free, and we do not share your correspondence with third parties.